came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elasar, and Kedolioma, king of Elam, Kyle, king of nations. They came and made war, the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Admar, uh, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zor, and they had, and they had a battle. We read in verse 4, 12 years, these nations, these small tribes, I suppose they were tribes, they served Kedolioma, king of Elam, and in the 13th year, they rebelled. So you have, you have this question of Kedolioma coming down with these other kings, and they smote them, and they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their victuals, and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eschol and brother of Anna, and these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, and our conviction is that the Word of God has never changed and never will. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace In this study in Genesis chapter 14, we will be looking at the courage of faith. Here, Abram is exhibited as one who, by faith, demonstrates the courage of faith. Now, here's the first time that Abraham is called in Hebrew, in verse 13. And then next, Abram is informed that Lot and his family had been taken captive from Sodom all the way up to the north city of Dan. And Abram is exhibited here as a warrior. Abram, by faith, mustered his home-trained men, 318 in number, and went to rescue his nephew Lot. Dr. Mitchell then takes us to the New Testament. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, which says in part, This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who is the overcomer? The one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's turn in our Bible now to Genesis chapter 14, verse 1. Dr. Mitchell explores the courage of faith on the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Thank you. We again come to our program in our dealing with Abram and the life of faith. The wonderful thing when we come to the fact that you and I can walk and live in blessed fellowship with God. And as we've been following through this man, Abram, in chapters 12 and 13 of the book of Genesis, you will notice that in this precious experience of Abraham, he came to, to know something of the living God, the God of glory who had appeared unto him. And we come to chapter 14. And for those of you who have not had the preceding lessons, may I say that we're taking up Abram in the life of faith, the possibility of God's people in any age under any circumstance 
living the life of faith, which, of course, is a life of fellowship with God. In chapter 12, we had his faith tested on the fervency of faith. Does he, is his faith fervent enough to leave his country and his kindred and go out? And he went out not knowing whether he went. And then he was tested to the sufficiency of faith, and in this he failed. There was a famine in the land. And the question is, could God uh, meet his need in the midst of famine? And he went down to Egypt and got himself into trouble. Then he came back and manifest in chapter 13 the humility of faith. He's learned something. He has learned that God can take care of him, whatever the circumstance. And rather than have the name of the Lord dishonored by fighting in the family, we find that Abram gave to Lot the opportunity of, of choosing. In other words, Abram waved to one side all his rights for the glory of God. And when God got through with him, see what God gave him. Lot chose by the sight of the eye, became rich, and then lost everything. You can read that in chapter 19. But Abram allowed God to take care of him, and God gave him the whole land. Not only so, but he gave it to him, Abram, and to his seed for an everlasting possession. Then added to the promise was he would make his children like the sand by the seashore for multitude. And Abram went and pitched his tent in Mamre and Hebron. He became uh, a man who lived in fellowship, in communion with God. Well, this is what the words mean. Mamre means fatness, communion. Hebron means communion, and they lived on the fatness of communion with God. And it's here in this place where God revealed himself to this man, Abram. Now, when we come to chapter 14, right on down through verse 16, I'll not read the whole chapter. We, I call this the courage of faith. In the first 12 verses, we have a battle. Five kings against four kings. It came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elasar, and Kedolioma, king of Elam, Tyler, king of nations. And they came and made war with the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Admar, uh, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zor. And they had, and they had a battle. And we read in verse 4, 12 years, these nations, these small tribes, I suppose they were tribes, they served Kedolioma, king of Elam. And in the 13th year, they rebelled. So you have you have this question of Kedorioma coming down with these other kings, and they smote them. And the result was that Lot and his family and the people of Sodom were taken captive. And these victorious, victorious kings with their victorious armies, with all the goods and all the people, went back to their country. And we read here in verse, in verse 11, And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their victuals, and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. Now remember, in chapter 13, he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now we find he's living in Sodom, and he's now taken captive. Now verse 13, And there came one that had escaped, and told Abram the Hebrew, 
For he dwelt in the plain of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eschol and brother of Anna, and these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, three hundred and eighteen, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods, and the women also, and the people. He, uh, he brought back the whole situation. Now here we have the battle of the kings, and we have Lot and his family. Just a word about Lot here. Here we see the results of world conformity. No longer a pilgrim, no longer living in a tent, no longer having an altar. He's out of fellowship with God. And he went and lived in Sodom. If I might just stop a moment on, on this man Lot, because I'm not going to take it up uh, later on. In chapter 19, or in this chapter, Lot went right back to Sodom. And do you remember chapter 19? We find that Lot was a great man in Sodom. He sat in the gate of Sodom. That meant that he was a, an official, an official, possibly a judge in the city of Sodom. He was in the gate of Sodom. And God pulled him out of Sodom from its destruction. If I didn't believe that Lot, how shall I put this? I quote from Second Peter chapter 2. If, if it hadn't been told me in Second Peter that Lot was a righteous man who vexed his righteous soul daily in Sodom, I wouldn't have believed that he was righteous at all. You see, no evidence of it. He joined the quarrel with his herdmen against Abram in chapter 13. He pitched his tent towards Sodom, and Sodom and Gomorrah were terrible, corrupt cities. In fact, all through your Bible, even today, the very sins of Sodom we hear of in America. Sodomy was the great sin of Sodom, which brought the wrath and the judgment of God upon the city. And so we find that he went into the city of Sodom, and he became a ruler, became one of their judges, one of their leaders. And you know, when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he, they had to, he had to send two angels who pulled Lot and his wife and his two girls out of Sodom. They didn't even want to leave. And God says, I can't destroy this city as long as you're here. My, the patience and the grace and the wonder of God. My friend, if you love the Savior, you ought to thank the Lord every day for your relationship to him. Even in your frailty, even in your failures, you ought to look to God and walk with him. He's always yearning and hungry for your fellowship. Let's not follow Lot's example. The fruitage of world conformity. He not only was out of fellowship with God, but he became a leader in the world. You know, I've, I've met people today who say that their churches, the word of God is not being taught, Christ is, de, is dishonored, and they stay on with the expectation of changing the church. 
It's a rare, rare thing. In fact, I don't know if any church has been won back to the Lord once the glory has departed. Why in the world didn't Lot get out of Sodom? He couldn't change that city. It changed him. It changed him. And you can't take an infidel bath and not be affected by it. This is Sodom. You can't live in the world as a Christian and become worldly in your life without being affected. But let's get back to Abraham and this question of the courage of faith. Notice verse 13. There came one that escaped, and he told Abram the Hebrew. This is the first time the word Hebrew is mentioned in the Bible. Now, Abram the Hebrew, he came out of Ur of the Chaldees. Why didn't say Abram the Chaldean? No, Abram the Hebrew. Now, the word literally means the one who crossed over. I take it he had passed over the great Euphrates River and then pitched his tent on the other side, moved up through Haran, came into the land of Canaan, the one who left where he was and moved over into another land. Abram the Hebrew. If I were to put another um, interpretation upon that word, Abram the passenger, Abram the pilgrim, Abram the one who crossed over, Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eskel, brother of Anna, and these were confederate with Abram. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the reading of this just for to get some truth to you. In verse 14, when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he said, serve him right. He's made his bed, now he can lie in it. You ever hear that? As if we kind of gloat over somebody who's in trouble. Well, he's made his bed. He wouldn't take any advice. He's self-willed. He's stubborn. He's going to go his own way. And now he's, now he's getting reaping the footage of, his, of what he has done. So he's made his bed, he can lie in it. Is that to be our attitude? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I read that Abram had a heart purified by faith. There's no bitterness. He didn't say, I told you so. But he had a genuine care for Lot who was in trouble. Oh, that we Christians might have a genuine care for God's people in their tests, in their trials, in their troubles. It's very easy to sit as a judge or as a critic, but let us be tender and compassionate and understanding. My, how we need that these days. What did Abram do? He armed his own servants, 318 of them. They were born in his own house. When I say that, they must have known Abram's God. And Abram didn't allow bitterness to come in which would cause him to be indifferent. Oh, no. You have a faith that is working by love. You find that in Galatians 5, 6. A, wor a faith that works by love. Did you hear that? A faith which works by love. Or as Galatians 6, 1 says, If a brother be overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, restore him in the spirit of meekness considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Don't crow over a believer when he's failed God. And don't sit back with self-satisfaction. Oh, listen, friend, if a child of God, and I'm speaking about God's people, 
if they've been overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, you who claim to be spiritual, restore him in the spirit of meekness, because one day, one of these days, you too will need someone to restore you. Here is a faith that works by love. No bitterness, no spirit of I told you so, and no indifference. And then you have a faith that overcomes. In 1 John chapter 5, the fourth verse, we read, uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And in Proverbs 28.1, I kind of like this verse, Proverbs 28.1, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now remember that these were victorious armies. They had defeated the armies of the plain and they'd taken the captives back. And this man, Abram, with a heart in fellowship with God, with a heart of tenderness for his nephew Lot, instead of being bitter, or I told you so, or made himself a judge, he armed his own servants born in his own house. 318 men fit for war, and he pursued them by night. You know, I never think of Abram as a warrior. I think of Abram as the friend of God. I think of Abraham in his victories and his failures of faith. But do you ever think of Abram as a warrior? He took his servants and he pursued them by night and smote them and brought back the goods. He went away, way north toward Damascus. Now you take Hebron, it's way down near, near Bethlehem. And Damascus is up in Syria. And yet he pursued these armies right up to Damascus, overtook them, and by night slew them and brought back the captives and the goods. You know, that took the courage of faith. Oh, I tell you, these 318 men who were born in Abram's house, they must have known Abram's God. I don't believe you could have lived in Abram's house and not know Abram's God. And the result was great victory. By the way, you know, sometimes when we read our Bibles, we think of Abram being in a, all with a few tents, you know, a few tents and a few cattle, and walking with God in the midst of a country that's full of pagans and idolaters, etc. You ever realize that at this time, there must have been I would say 1,500 to 2,000 in, in Abram's uh, company. Well, you take 318 men fit for war, I'm pretty sure they were married, and they had children, and who's going to take care of the flocks and the herds while they're gone on, uh, in chasing these armies of Amraphel and Kedolioma? Uh, take the children, I'm sure they must have been in the neighborhood of 1,500 or more in the tribe. But what I'm after is this. You couldn't live with Abram and not know Abram's God. Every morning when Abram went out to the altar and worshipped God, every member of the tribe was there. Abram would be a priest unto God among his tribe. And he lived in fellowship with God. He was a friend, do you remember? In Isaiah 42, God says, Abraham, my friend. Oh, the intimacy of this man with God. 
and you couldn't live in his you couldn't live in his house, you couldn't live in his tent, you couldn't live in his encampment and not know his God. And when he armed these three hundred and eighteen men, they went, and as I say in first John chapter five, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And when they came back, they went back to their own encampment, rejoicing in the victory which God had given them. And I'm sure they give the glory to God for the victory. But what about poor old Lot? Lot was taken captive, you remember, in verse 12. These armies took Lot, his brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods and departed. In verse 16, and Abram brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. He brought back the prisoners who had been taken captive. And what do you think Lot did? Wouldn't you think Lot would have come to Abram and said, Abram, I've been a fool. I haven't walked with God. I lived with you these many years and I knew God. I knew he's the only living God. I know you've got the truth. But you know, Abram, I, I, I saw all that green grass and I thought of the, how wealthy I would be. And I moved down towards Sodom. And first thing you know, I'm in Sodom. And you know, I'm a, I'm a judge in Sodom. Abram, I've got a place in Sodom. And I hope I'm going to change the Sodomites. And he went back into Sodom. Listen, you can't play fast and loose with the world. World conformity pays a terrible price for God's people. We miss fellowship with God. We miss a life of joy, of peace, of blessing when we go our own way. And I say again, you pay a terrific price for world conformity. May God grant that you and I will be like Abram. We live in Mamre and Hebron. And remember, he went out from Hebron, the place of fellowship, and defeated the great armies of Amraphel and Kedonium and came back, back to Hebron. Fellowship with God all along the way. No wonder he had victory. No wonder he had victory. No wonder he had a heart purified by faith. No wonder he had a faith which worked by love. No wonder he enjoyed a faith that overcame the world. But I say again, the tragedy was that Lot went back to Sodom. May God grant to you and to me the joy of walking and living in the presence of God so that we shall be victorious day by day to the praise of the glory of his grace. There is the
Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.